Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. I invited a longtime friend onto the podcast. Uh, I've known Mr. Keith Orsag for at least 15 years. We've always had disputes and agreements and enjoyable conversations, usually over a bottle of scotch. And I thought with everybody seemingly so interested in what conservatives and Trump supporters are thinking about the election, it would be interesting to have Keith on. We always uh, vibe pretty well off of each other and enjoy each other's company. So we talk a little about all kinds of things, whether it's COVID or the election or secession or Waco or agorism. Uh, We just hit many different points. We both have a lot of uh, respect for each other, and I think it'll come off in the podcast. So I hope y'all enjoy hearing from my buddy, Keith Orsag. All right, brother. I'm here with Keith Orsag. Since this is your first time on the show, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man. Tell them who you are and a little bit about your background and um, your uh, ideological leanings, that type of thing. <laughs> Which ideology are we going to discuss? We're not uh, politi- no, no, I don't, I don't want to get into Nazism tonight. Wait, so now I'm a Nazi. Not That's fu- that is fucked up, dude. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Uh, Navy vet, 47 years old, got a couple divorces, couple kids under my belt, uh, worked offshore in the oil and gas industry until, uh, the Deepwater horizon blew up, lost a really good friend that day, uh, dealt with the Obama Democrat bullshit and shutting down the oil field, have done a little bit of technical writing and about a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half ago, I started up my own company and uh, doing IT network installations and stuff like that. And um, not really, not really a Nazi. It was a joke. I'm not really. I'm not a leftist. He's not a Nazi. And and I'm neither conservative nor really Republican, or I'm not really, you know, like you are, you know, complete, completely going to the, you know, agorist anarchist, but. I'm somewhere in the mix of all that, um, if that makes sense. Um, I do want to talk. I, I, I want to talk Agoras with you because I think that's um, I think that's misunderstood by most yeah. people. But we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't think that there's one party better than the other. I think they're all a bunch of lying pieces of shit. And I think the best thing we can do is hit the reset button and start all over. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after you know what's happened with this election. And it, what's happening with the Kung flu, I'm sorry, COVID-19 pandemic, <laughs> um, which by the way, here's the thing I, I, I want to ask a lot of people who actually think about stuff. If the Kung flu, COVID-19 is so, is so horribly bad and contagious and this, that, and the other kind of to echo what Jeremy Elliott said, uh, and it's such a bad thing. Why do we still have homeless populations in Houston, LA, Chicago? They don't distance. They don't wash their ass. They don't have access to even basic hygiene or healthcare. Should they not have been, according to the mainstream media, the first ones wiped out? Yeah. yeah and by I, extension, 
and by extension, an anti-mask dude like me, I should have been gone in April or June. I'm still here. So how's that working out? Just a thought. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't expect to talk COVID. We can talk COVID if you want. I'm not, I don't, I've had like one podcast on the subject, so it wouldn't hurt for me to talk about it. Uh, yeah, no, you know, I, I heard a, I was reading a story yesterday about, you, you remember the Chaz in Seattle? Yeah. Okay, so apparently they never actually like completely got rid of the Chaz. They just, um, they just roped it off and made it a homeless uh, encampment. And they've kind of just moved all the homeless people into that area. And they're all just staying there to stop the spread of COVID-19. So they're but just, what? they're just funneling the most, the, they're kind of pulling a Cuomo, except for like sending the, the COVID-19 patients to nursing homes. They're sending them into uh, homeless encampments now. Into tent city. Yeah. But, but go, going back to my previous statement, shouldn't they be the next ones dead? They should have been the first ones, Ted. <laughs> when there's that, you know, th- then you have all the, th- then you have all the ones that are left over from the Chaz Chop thing, which isn't it ironic that it's, I'm going to pick on the, on the dumb, Democrat socialists here. Um, they scream for open borders. They scream for no walls. And the first thing you do in Seattle is build a fucking wall and rope it off so people can't get in or out. Yeah. Does yeah, anyone else not see the irony of these assholes or what? I heard a lot of people say that, you know, you know, but beyond that, you have to think about the way that the state acts. Okay. So um, my buddy, uh, Pete Quinones, he made a great point. And he said, you know what, if the right were to, were to make an autonomous zone, look no further than Waco, what would happen to you? Exactly. But the left does it and, oh, the police just disappear. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not allowed to do their job. I mean, they dumped they dumped what three hundred rounds from an AK uh, from AK forty sevens and AR fifteens into some teenage kids' pickup truck because they thought the teenage kid was like Patriot Prayer or some Trump supporter. Man, here's the thing: talking about Koresh and Waco and, and and what they did there, that was such a travesty to the Constitution. Um, those people just wanted to be left alone and exercise their constitutional and God-given right to freedom of religion. Um, and, and the right to bear arms. Yeah, and the right. And, and of course, the Second Amendment. But what happened is there was such a gross violation of those people's civil rights, and that was on the hills of Ruby Ridge. And there's been a few other incidences, you know, w- where the government's just completely overstepped what they're doing. And I think whether, you know, people listening to the podcast lean more towards you or they're kind of like me and kind of in the mix of all of it, um, the longer and longer we tolerate this shit, you know, the, the, the longer and longer we're going to lose. I was listening to uh, riding around earlier and I was listening to uh, I think it was Limbaugh. It might have been Hannity. There was nothing else on the radio worth listening to. Uh, caller called in and jumped the freaking host ass because he point blank said, when is the right going to stand up and start fighting? And the guy was absolutely right. Mm. He was absolutely correct in his assessment because for too long. And I think this is probably prevalent among many Republicans. They're a lot just like me. They just want to be left alone. We're getting tired of being told what to do. We're getting tired of being told where we can go, you know, what weapon we can have, how many rounds we can have, how many magazines we can have. First off, it's none of your fucking business. And second off, leave me alone. 
That's well, what Chris, those guys wanted in Waco. That's what the guy wanted in Ruby Ridge. You know, that's really – people just want to be able to make their living, live their life the way they see fit, and be left the fuck alone. Government has gotten entirely too big, which I know you agree with that. Yep. Probably most, most of your listeners agree with that. Yeah. Um, you, you and I have different, different ideas on how big government should be, but it's gotten entirely too big. And, I, I, man, I'm afraid of – since I mean, I'm a veteran, dude. I don't fear much. But I'm really afraid of going forward. What's going to happen after January 20th? I think that it's at a tipping point. And all I can say is, you know, guns, cougar ants, and get ready to head for the hills, brother. Well, my what I was going to say a second ago is, what do you think pushed me so far in, into studying I, ideologies? The fecklessness yeah. of conservatism, the fecklessness of the Republican Party, the fecklessness of the Tea Party, the, the inability, the ineffectuality of these groups. I, I had no choice but to figure out what can I do for myself, you know, because these people don't represent or fight for or justify anything. And Michael Malice had a great point the other day. And Michael Malice said, you know, the... The Democrat Party, when Obama brought brought in uh, Obamacare, the ACA, um, he he made a he made it mandatory that if you didn't buy it, you were taxed, you were fined for not buying it. And what did the conservatives and the Republicans do? They just they just bitch moan and groan about the mandate. But you know what they could have done to counter it? They could have said, "Okay, you want to pass a medical mandate." A health insurance health insurance mandate. Well, the Constitution states that every person has a right to bear arms. We're going to pass a mandate. You have to buy a gun. If you don't buy a gun, we're going to tax you. We're going to fine you if you refuse to own a, a firearm. I See, think there's just, a it, what he's saying is give them their medicine. Give them back their medicine. Quit fucking reacting. Quit being reactionaries and just being on your heels all the time and reacting right. to everything they're doing and start right. bringing the fight to them. Well, it was like it was like David Brown, uh, my preacher years and years ago, told me when I was still a nice, faithful kid um, and I was still married to the first wife whom you were aware of. Um, he told me, he said, Keith, you are a type triple A personality. He says, and you're one of your biggest faults, he says, is that you react rather than act. He says, and as soon as you learn to act rather than react, he said, you will regain control over your life. He says, and you will take the power away from those who are controlling you by your reactions. And I think that's probably true in a lot of senses, but kind of to dovetail back into what you were just saying for so long, the alleged Democrat slash Republican parties, especially the Republicans have reacted to whatever was thrown at them. Yeah. Um, and I've heard, I've said this a lot and I know you'll back me up on this. You know, people will get off into the scene. Well, you know, right wing, left wing, right boot, left boot, red guys, blue guys. My question is, well, when you're laying on your back and there's a boot on your throat, choking the fucking life and the liberty out of you. Does it matter that both boots are connected to the same set of hips, which is government? Right. I don't, I, you know, and so many people overlook that. So many people have gotten wrapped up in this, you know, red team versus blue team thing. Uh, team America, world police thing. Nah, fuck that, man. I'm team Keith. You know, I want to make my money. I want to take care of my household, provide for my daughters, 
live my life and just be left the fuck alone. And no one is leaving me alone. And that's forcing me to consider things that I had not previously in the, my, my, in, in the past 20 years even remotely considered. Yeah, no Fed posting, please. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, you know me. Uh, you know, for, for the longest time, and you and I talked about this years ago on my back porch when we were watching Mojo Chase Squirrels, um, we were talking about the uh, Texas Nationalist Movement, what they were doing in their efforts towards secession. And I posted a video earlier this week after Lieutenant Colonel Allen West posted his little thing about secession. Uh, one, it was as much as, as much respect as I have for, you know, the Colonel, it was an absolutely stupid statement because those people who would make that statement and mean it have not sincerely and seriously thought this thing through. Let's take, for example, Fort Hood. You're an army guy. Fort Hood's a big freaking base, right? Yep. Okay, let's just take let's just talk about just the hardware on that installation. Just the tanks, the armors, the Humvees, the weapons, the ammo, the hand grenades, you know, just the hardware. What's going to happen hypothetically if Texas were to secede from the union? You actually think that the Department of Defense of the United States is going to give us that fucking gear? Nope. They're going to want it back probably. Yep. The logistical nightmare of returning that gear is nuts. You'd have plenty of work, dude, because you never the wheels never stop turning for you. There's um, plenty of us out here. Yeah. Um, but then that begs the question, what do you do then with the active duty guys? Do you give them a choice to return to the United States or stay in Texas? Well, if they stay in Texas, I'm going to automatically label them a turncoat. And if they turn once, they'll turn twice. Yep. They'll do it. They'll do it with you. They'll do it to you. Yeah. Then what are you going to do with the dependents? You know, there's so many logistical questions that people just haven't thought through. You know, how, how would we de- you deport we... them all? You deport them all. <laughs> Man, don't get me started on deportations. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you know what? Everybody leave. Just leave your recipe books and your beer recipes behind and we'll be okay. <laughs> oh. You know, but there, there's so many just logistical concerns and, you know, the ones that talk about secession, I'm going to get off that here in a second, but I'm, I'm really wanting to drive this point home to a lot of people that might be wanting to jump in on this. Um, what would you do when the U.S. Navy buttons up the entire Texas Gulf Coast? And they could do it really with one submarine and probably a Gator freighter. They could do it with an LHA, a helo carrier. They could absolutely button up the coast of Texas with about four ships. And there's nothing we could do about it because Texas has no Navy. We'd be blockaded. Then we'd choke on our oil, we'd choke on our export, and it would bring the world's 10th largest economy to a grinding halt. People haven't thought about this. And I think until the right leaders are in place that actually have a plan to put that in action and have done everything possible to remedy their, you know, their grievances, I don't even think that word should be uttered. Well, so. I've, you know, I've been a proponent for secession for as long as you've known me. Yeah. And you and I have talked about this very subject. That's and, kind of why I brought it back. Yeah. Yeah. No. And we, we've absolutely disagreed on this subject many times and uh, we're still friends. What do you know? We can have disagreements and still be friends. That's what uh, grown-ups do. <laughs> grown-ups can disagree. Not all of them. I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I can't be friends with you if you're, if you're fucking uh, advocating for these these uh 
man mandatory vaccines and masks and shit like that. I don't know if I can be friends with you. You know, you got you got a, a tripling of suicide amongst adolescents in the in the United Kingdom. Like, who knows what the fuck's ha- how this is affecting children? This is a fucking nightmare. And you're destroying, you're destroying mom and pop. You're destroying small businesses in favor of fucking big corporations. I am a small business. I know. Yeah, no, I know you know. I'm not saying you. I'm saying those fucking people. So I don't know if I can be friends with those fucking people anymore. You know what I'm saying? But but you and I have a history that's going back even before all this happened. You know, we were friends before. I mean, we we were listening to Glenn Beck together. You know, I still and, listen and to Glenn Beck. Stuff. I just disagree with him a lot more. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it goes back to that, and you and I having a lot of, a lot of similar, <laughs> a lot of short life experiences. You know, you and I being the two people that I hope don't don't do what we do. We're not your role models, except in this regard. Wait, we Charles can, Barkley. I'm not a role right. model. <laughs> I'm not a role model. Man. But you, you, you and I can can have discussions, and we can disagree. And we can cuss each other out, not talk for a week or two. And when we do talk, we're right where we're at right now. We never missed a lick, you know, yeah. and, and that, that's one of the awesome things that I've, uh, I've cherished about our friendship that I enjoy about our friendship. We can disagree and you, that you're still my brother, you know? Yeah. I don't, um, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever gotten angry about any disagreements we've had. We've never disagreed in, in any kind of way that's been, you know, yeah. over the top. We, we disagree. We, we, I mean, we disagree about a lot of things. We disagree about the war on drugs. We disagree about, you know, secession. We disagree about a lot of shit. And we just yeah. talk about it. You know, like you give your points. I give my points. And yeah. we're both like, ah, stalemate. Like, you know, and, you know? and let me clarify. I'm not totally opposed to secession, but it's got to be done decently and in order. I don't, I, uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I don't disagree with that necessarily. I'm just, what I think needs to start happening is, is it, it i think it's going to be like okay so see the way i look at it is it's it's a domino it's a domino effect when one state finally says no the ninth amendment and the tenth amendment mean something and you don't have the fucking right anymore to tell us like how we're going to act like all right in, in if you took a popular vote in texas whether i agree with this sentiment or not if you took a popular vote in texas would most people be, you know, pro-abortion or anti-abortion? They'd be anti-abortion. Yeah, they'd definitely be pro-life. Yeah. If, well, I just don't use those terms, but whatever. Um, if, you, yeah, well, if, you took a, if you took a vote in Texas, would they be pro-gay marriage or anti-gay marriage? I don't know. It's possible. I think you'd, I think you'd be evenly split on that one. It's possible. It's very possible. I don't know. The fact of the matter is that the federal government has been able to dictate these social concerns into our lives, whether we like it or not, without our voice being heard, without us having any say in it. If you start, if, if like Keith, if, if Kyle Biederman's, um, referendum actually goes the distance in the Texas legislature and it comes up for vote uh, next November for the citizens of Texas to start the processes of Texas, then okay, then the federal government has something to fucking think about, you know? And that I think that'll start other states saying, oh, we can balls up and actually do something too. Do you think we'll see that in our lifetime? The actual secession? Yeah. 
Uh, no, I think it's well, okay. I don't think it's going to be secession like what you or I are talking about. I think what is going to end up happening is like with the Soviet Union. I think there is no doubt that this the trending of left politics, the trending towards socialism and communism, towards the Marxist left, is going to create a catastrophic economic disaster in our lifetimes and it's going to create a balkanization that nobody can help that nothing can be done about i have a tendency to agree with that but then what what's going to happen too is you're going to have the status and the marxist getting into it that might hold it up for a few years um because unfortunately there's a lot of there's a lot of guys on the red side that they can call themselves what they will, but at the end of the day, they're statists. They're socialists. They're, they're yeah. socialists. There's a lot of socialists on in on the red side. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm Team Keith, man. I've just I, I've just kind of gone the way of you know Hank Williams Jr. A country boy can't survive and just leave me alone, man. Get off my property and get the fuck out of my life. Get the fuck out of my marriage. Get the fuck out of my bedroom. Get out of my alcohol consumption. Get out of the plants that I grow. Um, and it's it seems like. I know you're with me on this. The older and older that we get, the less and less I want to be fucked with. And the more and more, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to get involved in a whole lot. I don't want to become what the U S Navy had me become. And I don't think you want to become what, you know, the 82nd had you become. Um, Because if I have to go back to being that person, it's going to be a very bad day for a lot of fucking people, you know? And the sad thing is the more and more I talk to veterans, that sentiment is echoed through every freaking veteran. I know, especially amongst combat vets. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. And I talking about the whole Chaz thing and the whole, when they were pulling their shit and marching with their BLM, you know, Rodney, well, no, not Rodney King. What was that dumbass's name? Um, George Floyd. Yeah. That guy. I don't, yeah. Say his name. Sorry, don't remember it. You know, <laughs> don't really care. Um, they were doing that shit in, 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 you know, Austin and Dallas. And they did a little bit in Houston. And that kind of is what prompted me to work on something that I've got going on right now. And I'm still trying to put it together. Um, and talking to a, a few friends of mine who are retired law but enforcement. It, just um, this is an open invite. If, if, what you're working on, you want to get out and you want to spread the word about it. You're welcome to come on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Not yet. I had your attorney friend look at it. He looked over some documents I was creating a while back. Your guy up in Dallas, Michael Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just released I, an episode with him today. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, I, I had him look over the, the mission statement, the, um, the code of conduct, and everything that I'm putting together. And when it happens, I'm going to, Oh, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I'm looking at, what I've decided to do and what I found out during the uh, George Floyd forget my name riots is um, you know, what I found out from retired law enforcement and even active duty law enforcement in several jurisdictions uh, more times than not they were told not to do anything yeah. other than stand there and look stupid um, I'm a student enough of history to know that's exactly what happened to the Marine barracks in 1986 in Beirut or 83 they were those marines were told to stand there and a truck bomb wiped them out right i'm not saying that's what's going to happen but when you have a bunch of cops who are standing around happened in benghazi yeah and not allowed to do their job 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And now, and now we're gonna now we gotta deal with President Elect Biden, who stood by and watched two of my Navy brothers, a United States ambassador and a civil servant and a civil ser- a, a civilian employee, get fucking murdered, humiliated, and degraded, while they sat by and did nothing. So I'm not trusting that guy any further than I can throw him. Uh, but that led me to look at talking to some people that I know who are well-versed in a number of different arenas that I'm not. I was given the task of, of exploring the Civil Defense Act of 1950. That document has served as top cover and as the outline of what I'm creating. Uh, and the intent of this thing is to create roughly a company, a company strength force of what is a company 180 to 220 people yeah so you know two fire teams per squad you know three squads per platoon three platoons per company um and have each one of those platoons trained and cross-trained in various aspects of civil defense being anything from riot shields to non-lethal munitions you know to crowd control to use of tear gas not so much to help the cops out but to step in and do the jobs when the cops won't because the the citizenry out Exactly. Not okay. so much because because there's no reason why, and you touched on this, a small business off of freaking, you know, Bagby and Milam, like take Irma's Taqueria down there. For, it's been there forever. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm just not saying that it did happen, but there's no reason that business should be vandalized, looted, and burned to the ground because the cops and Mayor Turner, Lena Hildago, and that punk freaking gang-banging sheriff they've got over there, or police chief they've got over there in Houston – won't let his boys do their job. Um, and that's where this this company strength force would come into play. We're gonna do the jobs that the cops won't. We're gonna we're gonna protect your shit. And if the cops don't like it, well, you can either stand in front of us, or you can stand behind us. Because you're not gonna walk into our neighborhoods, into our in our homes and in our towns and start tearing shit up. And I don't care what side of the fence you fall on, your moral compass should automatically tell you. This isn't right. This should not be allowed to happen, you know? And so that's kind of where that's at. And if, you know, people want to get a hold of this goes back to what I've always been saying is the cop, the police departments, they, they need competition. If you look at Warren versus DC, or you look at uh, the, the, well, what's the guy's name? John, Joe, Joe Lazito, that was damn near stabbed to death on the subway in New York while the cops sat in the in the uh, conductor's car and watched this serial killer stab this dude in the face and in the head eight times, and the guy damn near lost his life while subduing this guy, you, you realize and, and, you, and you see the cops have no duty to protect or serve the people of the United States. Their jobs right. are to enforce laws, no matter what these edicts, what these laws are, that's what their job is. And this is why I keep bringing up, we need competition. We need competition in the market. We got to force these people's hands to act right. Just like, just like the postal service was forced to act right when FedEx and UPS came about, we're going to have to force these people's hands either to act right, or we're going to have to get rid of them all together and only have private companies or volunteers like what you're talking about doing. Right. And, and, and I wouldn't be out there trying to compete with law enforcement. That, that would never be my mission because Ultimately, I don't want... that's what you're going to do. Ultimately, well, no. that's what happens oh. because, because the only time calling you instead of law enforcement, because you're actually protecting them. 
No, the only time that I'm going to deploy that I'm going to have this force deployed is in times where you have rioting and looting, like you saw during the uh, forget my name's protest and all that shit. Um, that's the only time we would deploy. I'm not going to try to do a cop job. I don't want to do a cop job. I don't have the temperament. I don't have. I don't have. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that because of, you don't have the heart. If some old black lady walks up to you and says, "My fucking my neighborhood has been under turmoil for the last ten years and nobody's doing anything about it," can you help me? You don't have the heart to turn her away. No, by the same token, though, I don't have I don't have the patience or the temperament. If I'm stopping someone from doing something illegal, burning a building, looting it you know, committing whatever act uh, against public property or private property for that matter, you know, somebody go, fuck you, you no good son of a bitch. I don't have the the temperament to talk him down and whisper sweet placating words in his ears about how he should (laughs) act right. But the beautiful thing about me, I won't be restrained by the same guidelines they're restrained by. I can slap the living shit out of that little dickhead, put some act right in him, and he's got two choices. Continue to get your ass whipped or go home. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm at with it because I, I, I'm afraid Tommy that the days of, 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 of half talk and, and half hearted measures is long over. Yeah. We're, we're so far past that now. And, you know, going back to what we said, it, it it's time to act or react. And I'm tired of reacting to everything that the left or that for that matter, for that the federal government does, it's time to act. It's trying to remind these assholes, elected and otherwise, this is our place. Right. You're here to serve us. Yeah. You know, the shit, I don't know if you're paying attention to what Lena Hildago and Sylvester Turner are doing in Houston. They're trying to cancel fucking Christmas. You should have no more, a gathering of no more than the people in your immediate household. So great. That means if I were living in Harris County, it would be me, Jacqueline, and Bosco. That's all we could interact with during Christmas. What the fuck? Seriously? No, dude. Keep no. Uh-uh. Not gonna happen, Cap. Not on my watch. Right. Uh, just get so sick of you know. It, it's been exacerbated by this kung flu bullshit. You know, telling me where I could go, what I could do, where I could eat, where I could drink. Um, man, I'm sorry. I'm old enough to remember when the Soviet Union slash Russia were the bad guys, and I learned enough of through history with those guys to see that that system never works. Those guys were in my youth, my mortal enemy, and they still are regardless of what country they're operating in. Now, you know, what cloak or mantle they've taken up fucking communism is still my enemy and always will be my enemy. And I make no apologies for that. You know, and you have a lot of the, especially a lot of the young Democrats thinking, Oh, it's a great thing. No, it's not because you're young and you're stupid and you've not read. You don't understand what you're asking for. And the sad thing is you get the older people in the Democrat Party who are still under the false impression that today's Democratic Party, well, it's going to take us back to Camelot and Kennedy. Well, no, I'm sorry. Those people are dead, as is that methodology. It's it's just nuts, man. Well, they were killed by the people that are running today's Democratic Party. Then there's that. We're not even going to get into fucking body counts of Hillary. What's she up to now, dude? Oh, I have no idea. I don't keep up with that. I I I don't keep up with the old hag. Dude, she rivals Manson. She rivals Bundy. I mean, I think she's got better kill. I think she's got a better kill death ratio than both those guys put together. And she's know? gotten away with it. And gotten smooth ass away with it. Alleged. 
Allegedly. Allegedly. You know, it's, it's, insane. it's insane the amount of bullshit that the American citizenry just lets happen. I mean, apathy is is absolutely choking this country to death right now. You know, well, it kind of now that I'm thinking about it, it kind of goes back to what I think it was Ben Franklin might have been Madison that said, if it either picks my pockets or, uh, or or whatever, it doesn't it doesn't affect or concern me. That's not necessarily true anymore because they're trying to force this shit down all of our throats. Well, yeah, and, uh, because, I mean, like the federal government's gotten so big, it's involved in everybody's lives, you know, on the on the most individual basis. And that's what yeah. got me like started podcasting and writing political theory, because, you know, that was never my interest. No. I was always interested in talking about it, but I was never interested in getting out there and doing anything with it. I was writing. No. I was writing fiction. I'm right. I was writing horror. You know, like that was what yeah. I was doing, and so like, whenever I definitely get a lot of side the point. Whenever I, whenever I saw what was happening, and I was like, "Wait a second! Like, like this, this is fucking bullshit. These people have no place in my life. They, they don't belong no. here. That's they what don't. got me running." I heard, I heard one dumbass on the radio day. They called into whatever talk show I was listening to. Um. And this person was strongly advocating for a national voter ID. And I looked over at Jacqueline, bless her heart. She has to listen to me rant sometimes. And I know she just wants to slap shit out of me and tell me to shut up. But I looked over at her. And I said, that's exactly what we need, isn't it, honey? I said, that's a, a, another department of the government <laughs> to issue a fucking voter ID card after we already have photo IDs. We are, if people would enforce the laws on the books, Voter fraud and voter right, it wouldn't be an issue. You know, it, it, it's harder for me to check into a motel or a hotel when I'm on the road. Yeah, they've been, they've been pushing this real ID idea for over a decade now. Yeah, um, but Mike Meharry, so. my buddy Mike Meharry has done a lot of writing on that with the 10th Amendment Center. Dude, it was harder to me to check into the freaking residence inn in Bend, Oregon, because my boss had actually reserve the room and i get there show my id go figure that one out and they wouldn't let me check in until they called him to verify that i was actually authorized to be in that room well wait a minute you'll do that for a motel but you won't do it at the ballot box let me think about what the fuck is wrong with this picture you know and it's just it's ridiculous the the amount of shit that we're putting up with and i'm sorry but my my shit meter is about full yeah well i mean if if they wanted to if they really wanted to figure out how to run an election they would get the people that set up the casinos to fucking set up the fucking machines no, because, I can, because no, because I, Vegas, I, I can tell you now, Vegas but, hasn't figured out how to do things correctly. <laughs> yeah, because nobody ever wins. It would be complete anarchy. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? The, the house, the house always wins. Um, well, the no, house can, always wins now. I mean, look, yeah, but, look at what happened. You know. Yeah, but here's the thing. I I can tell you this after you know getting in the IT field. Um, you know, we're so dependent on technology, and I'm telling you this for a fact. If it is a computer and it is online, whether it's wired or wireless, it can be hacked, yep. period, dot, end. Yep. So tell you what, I hate to go back to, you know, Bush Gore, Florida, 
the hanging Chad thing, but I'm okay with a hole puncher at the ballot box. Yeah. You know, or, or, or even do it like they did. I don't know if you remember how they did it in Afghan and Iraq when they first started letting those people vote again. What a clusterfuck that was. But what they would With do the is... purple they, stamp? Yeah, no. Th- what they would do is they would dip their thumb in purple paint. That's kinda what like it they, was. That's what kinda, it was. Kind of like they put in the freaking dye packs when you rub a bank. Yeah. <laughs> so it took forever you walk to out walk of the, You walk out of the election booth and, you're, and you blow <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but your, your thumb is purple and the shit stayed on you for like three weeks. So there was no way you were going to vote twice. You know, I hate to say it. It sounds childish and you know, remarkably stupid, but there's a little bit of logic in there in, in at least the, the safeguarding, you know, let's find a way to where, you know, we can actually do this to where these machines can't be hacked. I've been paying attention to what's been going on with, with these voting machines. And when vote counts start coming in, in measured increments of 12, 24 and 36, whether it's 12,000, 36,000, 24,000, 1200, you know, except 1200, 3600, or whatever, there's an issue there and it's enough to be alarmed about. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, um, there's an article I, I had posted earlier. And, and one of the, one of the things the guy said in the article was that Mexico, Iran, and Iraq can have fair elections, but the United States can't. Can you yeah. wrap your mind around that? Like it's, yeah. it, it's designed this way. It's yeah. designed Mexi- this way. Mexico does not allow at any point in time a mail-in or early voting ballot. It's not allowed. Right. You yeah. show up, you vote, and that's it. Um, it's just there's and I know your thoughts on voting, man. You you think voting's a farce, and I'm tending to agree with you, especially after this last cycle. Um it, 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 it's time to hit the reset button on so many levels, man. Well, I tell and, you what, uh, if the referendum does hit uh, the Texas legislature, I will be voting next November. But well, I can, t- I can tell I, you right I now. will be a one-issue voter for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hand Tommy a 36-freaking-option ballot. He only punched one. Yeah, unless I'll, marijuana makes it on the ballot as well. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do that, man. Well, Mississippi did. Yeah, but Mississippi, man, I, and I got one of my old field brothers in Hattiesburg. Matter of fact, Vernon Damer, or Michael Damer is Vernon Damer's grandson. Vernon Damer was killed by the Klan during the Civil Rights Movement in Hattiesburg because he was getting black people to vote, and he kept telling his people, um, if you don't vote, you don't count. Yeah. Uh, his grandson, Michael Damer, is a very good friend of mine. I love Mike to death. He's my old field brother from another mother. Um, and he might be <laughs> the, only, the only right-thinking person in that entire state. I mean, I, I've been to Mississippi. I've seen Mississippi. <laughs> and I'm not saying that the gene pool is shallow, but I wouldn't even bother wearing floaties in that thing because you're never going <laughs> to touch the bottom, dude. This <laughs> not. You know, that, that I'm pretty sure those people failed kindergarten because they couldn't scribble. But <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not all that happy. I'm not complete, completely sold on the state of Mississippi. Uh, I'll go up there. I'll hunt. I'll spend time with Mike. You know, and uh, I'll trade whiskey and and everything else with him. But um, it, it it's staggering to me 
that a citizenry as large as we have just in the state of Texas can't get their shit together. Uh, the citizens in Michigan and, <coughs> and, and Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, you know, name your state, pick one. There's 50, you know, 53 or 54 if you count the territories. Um, and you can't get your shit right. Yeah. It's something simple as showing up and saying, I like this person. You know, it, it's wait. Remember back in like sixth grade when that chick handed you that note and, and it had, you know, do you, you like, like me? me? Yes or yeah, no. Chick, yes or no. It's that simple. And, and, and you wrote every, and, and the in the kids today, right? IDK. Yeah. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> you know, IDK. I drink Kool Aid. I don't know. Um, you know, as long as it's not seltzer, drink away. Um, anyway. Bud Light's <laughs> an abomination. Um, but yeah, it, it really should be just that simple. And I don't know why we can't get it right. And, you know, it's just, man, it's it's mind-boggling what's going on right now. And then Well, you throw I, I don't this- see any way of, like, getting around it's by design. I just don't. I, I just can't find which, any other way of which, looking at it. Which is why I made the statement earlier, it's time to hit the reset button, blow the whole fucking thing up and start over. Um, and here's another thing too. You've got, I had an appointment, a video appointment with the VA today about my lungs and the topic of the Kung flu came up and, you know, my new VA assigned doctor at the Tomball clinic is, you know, asked me about the COVID vaccine. And I told her, I said, no, okay. Why would you not want to take this vaccine? You know, you're, you're, you're overweight and you you have a fungus in your lungs which is probably from being in Middle East. Um, why would you not want to take this thing? I said, ma'am, let me ask you a question. I said, name me one thing the U.S. government has not lied to us about in the last 230 some odd years. Yeah. You're going to tell me this virus is safe and tested? You People can't even figure out the fucking flu. And you want me to think you figured this out in eight months? Yeah. Sorry, bro. you ain't putting that needle in my arm. You know, And if you do, I better be strapped to a gurney in the freaking Walls unit in Huntsville. That's the yeah. only way it's going to happen. Um, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means, but on this one, I absolutely am. I'm not sold on this shit, man. We don't know anything about, I mean, M- mRNA vaccines are a brand new technology. We know nothing about it other than it, than it changes your cells, you know, dynamics and, and the way that, that your cells are made up. And then you got these people in Australia that get the vaccine and are testing positive for HIV. I'm not certain that I really want to inject something that's going to cause me to test positive for HIV. I, that's I, not I, a tr- is this, I mean, is, is, does <laughs> HIV mean something different than it did in the night? Let, let, let's put this in the scales of common sense, human, human acquired immunodeficiency virus or coronavirus for the 0.01% fatality rate. Uh, I'll take COVID for 5,000, Alex. You know, this isn't a hard decision to make. And um, I'm well, curious. Right. And, and and it's not, okay, and, and here's my thing. I have, actually, I have, well, not personal experience, but I have family experience with COVID. Yeah. All right. Uh, my dad tested My dad had it. My mom had it. Mackenzie had it. Well, my uh, dad, well, here, here's, here's, here, let, let me, let me, let me give you this real quick. We, I hadn't talked about this on the podcast. I've talked to a couple of guys that listen to the podcast about this, but right. um, 
I haven't talked about it on the podcast. So let me let me get this out there. My dad. Actually, and I know your dad. Fucking great guy. I love your mom and dad to death, man. They're fantastic people. Yeah. Well, and I even I don't told, know. I even told I don't know what happened to you, but they're fantastic people. <laughs> and I told him, I said, if anything happens, like if, if it gets bad, I'll 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 talk to Keith about having Jacqueline like help you out or whatever. Yeah. Like, whatever we need to do. But yeah. he, he did get over it. But I mean, he's diabetic. Yep. He smoked for 30 years. Yep. Um, he, he, he tested positive for COVID-19. He never had a fever or a cough. He was vomiting and had diarrhea for 30 days or almost 30 days. It was something like 28 days. And so um, dehydration was his biggest concern. Yeah. And, yeah. um, he, he, he was, he slept for 15 hours a day and, uh, my mom was terrified. She was like, there's something wrong. And you know, he was, he was delirious and she would make him go sit outside in the sunlight for 20 minutes every day, you know, yeah. get vitamin D and yep. yada, yada, yada. Cause I have, I have friends that are in holistic health and this, that, and the other. So, so we're trying to like offer as much advice as we can in this, but there was no, there were, there were, if you get bronchitis, which is a respiratory disease, which I've, which I've had, you cough. If yes. you get an upper respiratory infection, which affects your respiratory system, you cough. If you yeah. have pneumonia, you cough. My dad had COVID-19, a respiratory illness, never had a cough. All right. So something is not being told to us. There's something wrong with the information we are given. Sir. Yes, sir. There is. Here's the thing with McKenzie. Uh, McKenzie came down with it right about the time that remember the uh, great big old Nigerian lady that went to the uh, went to the White House or went to the Capitol in D.C. with her awesome accents and told them all you need is a Z-pack, vitamin C, some zinc. And yes, I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, McKenzie got it about the time that lady made that statement. I was saying within a few days of that. The doctor that she went to here in Tomball actually put her on that regimen. She had it for a week. Yeah. 18 year old, you know, female, perfectly healthy, put her on that, that Z pack zinc, um, high vitamin C. And I think they gave her some tablet vitamin C and they gave her an injection of vitamin C and some other little BS antibiotic. She was good in a week. Yeah. You know, so, and, and like you said, there's stuff we're not being told. This vaccine has been rushed out way too soon. You know, you can look throughout medical history and see the results of vaccines that weren't properly tested. There wasn't enough information. They weren't tested long enough, but yet everybody wants to cuss out big pharma and medical research. We haven't done enough of it on this thing, and I'm not convinced. Like I said previously, it's not going in my system. Fuck you, no way, no how. You're not sticking that needle in my arm. Right. You know, and I'm big enough at, at 6'1 and over 300 pounds. You better have an army to stick that needle in my arm. Yeah, because we're yeah. we're gonna fight. Uh, there's just not enough been done on it, man. Um, yeah, no doubt. Well, and I I think part of it, and and here's why I'm kind of like fuck big pharma, is because I think it is big pharma's information telling them to tell the public, no, don't take hydroxychloroquine, no, don't take Z packs, no, vitamin C, vitamin D don't work. You got to take our vaccine. 
you need yeah. our vaccine. That's yeah. the only yeah. way to fight it. And so <laughs> they are, they, they found a way to another croniest invention to, yep. to shove down our fucking throats, you kind, know, that kind, we don't kind actually. Of like, kind of like the ass hat of your back that bought the, the, the company that made the EpiPens and he jacked the price up for EpiPens like 800% for a month. Yeah, you know, made millions, and then he took such a freaking beating publicly, and his stocks took a hammering. I think they finally brought the, the EpiPen down to a more manageable number. I don't want to say reasonable because none of it's reasonable. <laughs> well, but yeah, and Trump did some good things on on that was was allowing shipments from other countries, and you know, I I've, I've always said when it, when it comes to any president, no matter which president it is, I'm gonna like give them you know, the proper, you know, adulation whenever it's deserved. And and Trump did a couple of good things when it came to big pharma in dealing with the pharmaceutical companies, um, allowing the, like taking the barriers off of getting medicines from overseas, um, the generics, uh, the manufacturing of generics and, and this, that, and the other. So he did do some good things in lowering prices in that in that category yeah. he was actually effective there which is one well, of the few places he was effective but he was effective there well the, the other area that i have personal experience with that i know he was extremely effective at he unfucked a lot of the va bullshit um and he's now gotten it to the point to where if i'm unhappy or if the va can't get me in in a reasonable amount of time i can just ask the va physician hey can I go ahead and source this out to my, you know, my primary private doctor and just have you guys pick up the tab and they'll do it. You know, if, if it's something like my sleep apnea test I've got coming up, if they don't have the room for me and they can't get me in there in enough time, I ask a question and, that, and Dr. Corey signs off on it. You know, I can go to a sleep study lab here in Tomball and get it done and the VA eats the price. They were going to eat the price no matter what. Um, so that he did do. I, I, I did like that. I did like the and here's here's what I think since we're on the Trump thing, um, they hate him because they can't control him, and they hate him because he's gone in and being the businessman that he is, he's rehashed these trade deals that we were just getting screwed by our allies and our adversaries alike, and. I, you know, there's a lot of people that he cut into a lot of their pockets when he did that. And I think that's why one of the reasons why they hate him so much. They can't control him. He's not one of them, you know. And, and, and so I like anybody who pisses off Nancy Pelosi. I like, you know, <laughs> that's fair. Here's the thing. Remember, remember back when uh, when he was doing that, uh, it was right before the lockdown or it might have been sometime last year. But when uh. She shot something down to his or something, and she was supposed to take a, a jet to take off to another oh, country. Oh, and he, turned, he turned that bus around? And he turned the bus around that because he sent the note because he grounded the freaking aircraft. He's commander-in-chief. It's a military <laughs> aircraft. He can shut that shit down. He calls down, tells that poor captain that whatever plane it was, don't you move that fucking bird. The only answer that officer can give is, Sir, yes, sir. Hey, can you see this though? They're sitting in the freaking White House, right? They're sitting in the Oval Office, trumping about six of his buddies. Dude, I bet he was laughing his ass off. Dude, no, think about this. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like me, you, and Ricky sitting in sitting in my living room, you know, on, on Foxborough, 
writing a note to a, you know, at 12 years old, writing a note to some chick, hey, put this in there. No, 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 no. What we'll do is this. And no, 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 no. And just laughing our asses off the whole time we were doing it. That had to have been what they were doing in the White House in the Oval Office that day. <laughs> this will piss her off so bad. We're, no, we're not going to tell her until she gets on the bus. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> and the bus drove around for like, I think it drove around for like 30 minutes before it brought him back to, to the Senate yeah. or to, yeah. to the Congress and fucking to the Capitol building. Yeah. They're like, guarantee they were like a bunch of 12 year olds in there. You can see him on the fucking bus on the phone. Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And you, you know, you see the crypt keeper, I mean, Pelosi, you know, just, you could just tell how livid she was, you know, that was just nuts. He grounded her aircraft, which was great. Well, well, let's talk. Let's talk about agorism, okay? Or agor okay. depends on how you want to pronounce it. Okay. Here's a misunderstanding about agorism. Agorism is not an ideology. Agorism does not follow a, a specific set of ideologies. Okay, what? I thought that was about horror movies, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> agorism is a strategy, all right? So think about it this way. Like you grew up, you grew up in, in small town, Texas. Born in, born in Bay City, raised in Marco, Magnolia, you know, and a few other small towns in between. But yeah. Right. Um, I used to think, you know, living in Marco, population was about, I don't know, 500. That going into Bay City, six miles down the road with a population of 20,000, that was going to the city. Right. And then I remember going to Houston when I was probably, I don't know, nine or 10 and thinking, good God, you know? Yeah. So yeah, small town, small town, rural Texas. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my background. That's where I'm from, man. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you knew at least one shade tree mechanic in your life. Oh shit. I was one. I've okay. been one. My uncles and you know, all of them have been one. That's how they made their money. Okay, then they are, and you were an agorist. You're working in uh, industry that is not illegal, but you were doing it under the radar. You were doing it off the books, right? It's, right. It's all right. So in the agorist, um, in in the agorist manifesto, you would call that the gray market. Okay, so you're okay. not you're not committing a crime as far as your action goes. The crime you're committing is dodging taxes. All right. So, oh wow! Well, don't get me started on that bullshit. Well, but yeah. Well, 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 no. This is what this is what agorists believe. It's it's they call it a counter economic strategy. It's counter economic revolutionary action. All right. So you're talking about taking revolutionary action in a peaceful manner. So your agorist can be anything from your black market to your gray market. All right. So it's it's anybody who sells guns or drugs under Can the Can we table. call it a black market anymore? Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, I've wondered that actually. <laughs> but but this is you're the gonna, reason you're gonna you're gonna be getting a call from Zuckerberg here lately when you post this because he's gonna censor your podcast until you can't say black market anymore. Can we even say Black Lives Matter anymore? Can we even say Black Friday? This is just getting insane, man. Anyway, I'm sorry. Just a thought popped into my head. I'm random. <laughs> so, so butterfly. There's the the agorist flag is is a gray and black flag. Okay, so what it what it stands for is the gray and black market. All right. So the gray market 
is anything that you could do um, above board on the books, but you decide to do it for cash money or off board, um, whether you're bartering or you're getting paid in Bitcoin or uh, you're getting paid cash under the table or whatever. That's all agorist action. Okay. So in the black market, selling drugs, selling guns, um, whatever you're doing under uh, illegally, whatever you're selling is also agorist action. So an agorist is somebody who is taking a specific strategy, whether that is growing their own food to choke off the big companies like uh, Monsanto or whatever they're called. Yeah, that's them. Yeah, Beatrice uh, hates them. I got to listen to her. Gut yeah, rail on you got, If you're, you got Monsanto and you got ADM Archer Daniels Midland, who own probably eighty-five percent of the farmland in medical America in Middle America. Right. So, so what you're doing is those are those are companies that are propped up and giving given uh, special privilege by the federal government. You are undercutting the federal government by doing it on your own. So that is an agorist action. You see what I'm well, saying? Wait a minute. But yeah, and by your definition, the only thing I've got to say is, isn't well, this that isn't what my country? definition? This well, is this is the definition that is put the out most, by the person who came up with this idea. It's the most thorough and complete definition I've had yet explained to me. Therefore, it's your definition. Okay. Um, here's the thing. You know, talking about beating the government out of taxes, man, isn't that what this freaking country was founded on? Exactly. We didn't. We didn't want to pay King fucking George tax money, dude. We, we we took I don't know how many tons of fucking tea, threw it in a Boston Harbor over a three percent fucking increase in tea. <clears throat> right. My income taxes now. When you add up all the taxes that I pay, um, man, I'm over fifty two percent of my gross is gone before I even see it. For the taxes that I pay, and I, the, the th- I've often thought about this in those those times when I'm driving by myself. Why haven't we burnt this motherfucker down and got back to what's right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you think about that. Over half of my income is gone in taxes, in some shape, form, or fashion. There is nothing that we do that is not taxed. We no longer live in a free country. You and I have talked about this before. Why mm-hmm. should I pay for a hunting license to bust some white-tailed deer's ass? When he comes on my property, I should have to pay for that license. I shouldn't have to pay for a license to fish. Yeah, but it keeps the poor dependent on the government because they can't afford the license. Oh, here we're going with the plantation thing, right? Like Candace Owens got off the plantation. That was a great move by her. Um, I hate that shit. Do you? I cannot stand her. She annoys Why? the shit out of me. Why is that? Tell me. Talk to me about this. I'm kind I- of a fan because what she what she does that I like is she looks the black America in the face and she tells them exactly what is wrong with them and that they're, uh, uh, she's called them professional victims. She's called them, you know, and she's called them out. You're still living on the Democrat plantation. Get off of it. And you take it a step further. We're all kind of still on the freaking federal plantation. We need to yeah. get off that. Yeah. You know, uh, and I had made, I had actually made this post a while back. And I don't know if you saw it. I don't, it it was, it was months ago, but I said, Abraham Lincoln ended private slavery in favor of public slavery. Well, and LBJ, you know, exacerbated that. Um, 
I just, man, um, this whole tax thing, man, I'm, I, I'm just fed up and I don't see the point in giving my money or the government's money to any entity or organization that hates me. And right. I don't give a shit if you're a Democrat, Republican, you know, whatever you are, independent, you know, agorist, total, complete anarchist, whatever. Um, there's no point in the people that represent me taking my money and giving it to you. Right. You know, get out of my pockets, man. Yeah. I've had yeah. No- this is, but this is actually like talking agorism. This is something I've actually like really like put a lot of thought into over the last couple of months. It doesn't Dude. matter what your ideology is. You can be an agorist. Dude, like, do you realize, do you realize to have my company with just, you know, Jacqueline and I, do you, do you have any idea what the number is of taxes that I'm responsible for, for the federal government without hiring a single employee? No, I have no idea. I'm, I'm on the hook for 19,000 a year. Yeah. That's, is that just to have your license or? That's just the taxes. And then you have the license, then you have licensing. Well, no, well, right now we're operating at our DBA, which was twelve bucks. But oh, okay. then you figure I've got to, I've got to carry, you know, my general liability insurance. You know that gets taxed, and I got, you know, my travel, which gets taxed. Then I've got my motel rooms, which get taxed. My tools I have to buy, which get taxed. You know, it, it's just you add up all. If 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 a person was actually sit down, and I've done this, and add up the tax rate for everything that we buy, and look at that and realize how much money they're giving or I don't even want to say giving how much money is being stolen from them by the federal government and funding programs that they morally don't agree with. And they're not pissed off that I submit for, you know, the listeners humble consideration. There's something fucking wrong with you, man. Uh, I'm not a fan of anyone stealing my money, regardless of what the entity is, you know, uh, and, and that's what it is. You know, you've said it before. Taxation is theft. Do I think there needs to be some form of taxation to fund some portions of government? Absolutely. Do I think that it needs to be, you know, 52% of my gross? Absolutely fucking not. You know, because right here in the city of Houston and, you know, in the surrounding areas, and you know this, there are guys that are subcontractors in the building trades that are not doing the things I'm doing to be legitimate. They're doing it in a true gorse fashion under the table, cash money. They're not paying shit and they're getting away with it. They're running around little white vans and they've taken over the job sites. You know, the people I'm talking about, we ran into them at bison constantly. Um, It's just, it's just, and it pisses me off that I'm having to do all this just to stay legit. And, and I mean, I've even caught myself a few times. Why am I even doing that? Why do I care? But, you know, I need to stay on the up and up because the last thing I want is the IRS coming beating on my door and auditing my ass because, you know me, I'm going to tell them to get the fuck off my property and they'll be escorted off at gunpoint. I just don't have I don't have the patience or the time to deal with them. So I just go ahead. And unfortunately, I, you know, I submit I have to I have to do that to stay legitimate. You know, and I'm tired of all of it. And I think, you know, uh, I would hope a lot of Americans, man. We, we got to get a bunch of people pissed off. And we got to get a bunch of people that are acting right. And when I say right, standing up for, for, for what they believe in and stopping this out of control federal government, we've got the out of control government in Austin, you know, Greg Abbott, 
you know, somebody just put a stick between the spokes on his wheelchair because he's rolling way too fast for some of the shit that he was doing during the during the pandemic. You know, yeah. um, you know, a lot of that needs to be curtailed. Oh, nothing, um, nothing was creepier than the fucking um, than the checkpoints between Louisiana and Texas. I was like, this just proves if they really wanted to enforce the border between Mexico and the United yeah. States, they could. Do you have papers? We can see your papers, please, comrade. Wait, what? The, <laughs> no. The only the only vehicles allowed to pass the the checkpoint between Louisiana and Texas during this period. It was like a one, <laughs> one or two month period, and the only vehicles allowed to pass without being checked were eighteen wheelers. That's well, it. Every uh, other car was getting waved down and stopped and checked and and looked at, and they were taking their temperature. They were asking if they've been exposed to COVID. Like, if, if I'm telling you, if they if they really cared about the Mexican American border, they could do that, and it would be effective. Dude, I'm just while you were talking, I heard about thirty percent of what you said because I was laughing my ass off. Do you remember? Do you remember Hogan's Heroes when we were kids, the TV show? Yes. Okay, I'm thinking of a guy dressed like that. But instead of, of a corny German accent, he's asking for your papers in full up coon ass accent. Say, <laughs> <laughs> bro, you got the papers on the yeah? Oh, no, bro. We got to check your temperature. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you hotter than a crawfish. You got to go back to Texas, bro. For true. <laughs> I mean, it was going through my head. And listen, man, I've spent so much time in South Louisiana. Anybody listening, man, I love the Cajun people. Uh, and I say that exactly as I meant it. The people in Opelousas and they're actually true Cajuns. They are some of the most awesome people on the planet because of their duality. They, if they love you, if they love you and if they like you, there is nothing on this planet that they will not do for you. Yeah. They will give you the shirt off their back, the last three dollars in their wallet, the food out of their house, and probably their daughter. If they don't like you, you better have your ass out of the parish by sunset because if all the problems that were solved in the swamps of South Louisiana, south of I-10 stood up at one time, Acadiana would have a serious population problem. Um, (laughs) So anybody who might get offended by the freaking, you know, me making fun of Cajuns, man, I love the Coon-ass people of death. They're phenomenal. I'm related to a few of them. I know Tommy is. Um, So it's it's meant all in good fun, you know. and no, we're not putting rice on hamburgers, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, yeah, my, my family. I have family from Jennings, Brobridge, all all down there. So I, I ain't, ain't, so no, you can, ain't no offense, man. Yeah, so I mean, you, but you can hear that accent and the whole Colonel Clink freaking outfit. I can see that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Cajun Navy running freaking interference up and down the Sabine River. Checking for papers, man. That's great. <laughs> they they probably they might be able to do more damage than the actual navy in some cases. <laughs> easy, easy, easy now, dude. I'm a navy vet. Take it easy there, Army. Don't I know get you are. That's why I said it. <laughs> All you right. Know, All right. We're, we're, we're just uh looks like we're just over an hour is what I'm what I'm saying right now. So um you have any you have any final thoughts you really you really feel like need to be said? Don't believe the bullshit, and I know a lot of your listeners don't, that the mainstream media is pumping out. Um, 
I'm not. So, you know, some people, some people are, there are going to be some people that ask for this interview that are going to be, that are going to be disappointed that you are as red pilled as you are. And if you don't know what, if you don't know what red pill means, anybody out there listening that doesn't know what red pill means, it means that what is presented to you is a carefully constructed narrative meant to keep very unpleasant people in power. That is Michael Malice's definition, and I stick, stand by it. Don't believe the bullshit the media is selling you. Um, don't believe anything the federal government tells you because it's been proven historically that they've been liars from day one. Um, I'm not going to ask people you know, in elections to vote red guy, blue guy, green guy, white guy, brown guy, yellow guy. I don't give a shit. What I would encourage the people to do, those of those who still vote, vote your conscience. Because I think, I believe that the vast majority of Americans still have a pretty, a, a pretty strong moral compass. And I think that if the vast majority of voters will vote their conscience rather than their party or their political affiliation or whatever, I think it will make a difference. Um, I'm putting some things together because I can no longer sit idly on the sidelines and watch the destruction of my nation. I once took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, that oath has never expired. Some people agree with me. Some people don't. You know what? That's the beauty of this country. You can disagree with me. That's fine. Um, I can't watch it anymore. Um so please, man, when you go to vote, especially those of you in Georgia, you'll be voting in a couple of weeks. Vote your conscience. <coughs> look, look at each candidate because there's so much at stake to what's going on there than what we're being told. Um, man, take the Kung flu. Don't take the Kung flu virus vaccine. I don't care. You know, to each his own. You have a choice to make, and that's yours. Um, you're going to tag me as a Republican? Go ahead, man. You want to sit down and talk to me? <laughs> I'm on Facebook. Not hard to find. You know, shoot me a message. I'll be glad to talk to you. And you'll find out we've got a lot more in common than what you think. I'm just a little slower to act than Mr. Tommy here. You like to think about things a little bit more. Give people a chance because I still believe that, you know, the vast majority of Americans are inherently good people. So that's it. That's all I got. All right. Or you, you, want, you want people to be able to find you anywhere? Take yeah, I'll Twitter anywhere. Uh, I'm not on Twitter because I, I get in too much trouble in Twitter. Did, did, didn't you get kicked off? Yeah, I got booted off of Twitter over over saying that Lena Hildago looked like Dora the Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I kept I kept I kept posting when the Kung Flu thing first came out. I kept posting every time Sylvester Turner, the mayor of Houston, would 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 tweet something. Uh, after about five or six of his bullshit tweets, I started calling him Ike Turner and told him that Houston wasn't his bitch like Tina. He needed to quit beating on her. <laughs> <laughs> Those two right there got me kicked off of Twitter. Um, I'm messing around with with Parler a little bit. I'm not completely sold on that one yet. I'm, I'm toying with a few of them. But, yeah, if, if you want, get a hold of Tommy. You can get a hold of me. You know, I'm open to discuss whatever. Um, I really – I really don't have a problem talking to anybody about anything. Um, so, yeah, that's it, man. Um, like I said, vote your conscience, use your moral compass, and do what you think is best for you. That's it. All right, brother. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna hang up now. I got uh, to get to bed. Yeah. 
Me too, man. Hey, dude, let me know when you're back in town. We'll get together. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. You keep doing what you're doing, Tommy. You're, All right, you're man. doing All good, brother. Hang on to that. Later, bud. Late. Okay. Well, that was my interview with my longtime friend, Keith Orsag. I hope y'all of y'all enjoyed it. I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.